Hello and welcome to Southside Church Podcast. For information about our church located in Cape Town, South Africa, go and check out our website, southsidechurch.co.za. We trust that the message would inspire you today. Really an honor and a privilege and a blessing to be able to bring this message to you because without the death, there would be no resurrection. It's such an important time and such an important day for all of us sitting here and all of us listening. So I really pray this word touches your heart, blesses your heart, and that you have an inward transformation. On Friday the 21st of June 2019, an heroic father, Jacob Farley from the U.S., died by sacrificing his own life to save another. He saw Madison Capes being swept underwater by the river dam mouth. He didn't think twice about jumping in to the water into a dangerous situation to rescue her. Jacob got to her in time and he helped her stay afloat for 30 minutes. He had her, his hand supporting her back. But just before the fire department got there, Jacob drowned. But they managed to save Madison. She said in her statement, I will never forget how selfless and brave you were. I will be eternally grateful for the sacrifice you made so that I could live and become something in my life. This man sacrificed his own life to rescue this girl. He died so that she could live. Now we've heard the story and the account of Jesus crucified, sacrificing his life for us. And I just want to focus on one small portion of scripture, Luke 23, 44 to 46. As Jesus was nailed to the cross, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone, and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down in the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he took his last breath. Automatically, we think that Jesus just suffered on the cross, but he suffered way before that. There was many things he suffered before that final moment of suffering. That's why it's called the cup of suffering. And I just want to give us a brief portion of context before the final moment on the cross. So we get the understanding of what he went through to get to that final place that he defeated death. From the time the disciples realized that Jesus was the Messiah, he began to explain to them that he was destined to go to Jerusalem and be sacrificed and suffer injustice because of the elders and the religious scholars. It was part of his purpose and his mission. But they didn't like what he was saying, especially Peter. He said, no, Lord, this can't happen to you. It's impossible. The Messiah, the Son of God being killed, it didn't make sense. He explained to them, I have to be killed in order to save mankind. I have to suffer for your sake. And eventually that time came that he would have to complete his mission. The same time that he explained to his disciples. And as he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane, he was in agony and anguish. He was sweating and the sweat was like great drops of blood because he knew what was to come. He knew what he had to go through. And the thought of 
going through what he had to go through created great anguish and agony inside of him that his sweat was like blood falling to the ground. The Bible says in Luke 22, 39 to 46, Jesus says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done and not mine. You see, it was not possible for Jesus to avoid the agony or the death on the cross 24 hours later if he wanted to redeem us and accomplish the mission his father had given him. People mocked him, save yourself on the cross. I'm sure he could have saved himself, but he chose not to for our sake to set us free. And it was on the same night in the garden that he was arrested and brought back to the palace of the high priests where he was questioned and tried and found guilty of blasphemy because he was proclaiming himself to be the son of God. They sentenced him to a beating, flogging, and death. You see, the Romans were able to execute criminals, were the only people. So he was sent to Pontius Pilate. Pilate, finding nothing wrong with Jesus, sent him to King Herod. King Herod sent him back to Pilate. Pilate could still find nothing wrong with him. But yet, because the crowd was chanting, crucify him, he gave in to the pressure. He gave in to the pressure of the people and ordered Jesus to be flogged and killed. Flogging was when the Roman soldiers used whips, which contained and consisted of small pieces of bone and metal attached to the leather strap. So when they whipped a person's skin, it would strip away the skin on the back, exposing a bloody mass of muscle and bone. Extreme blood loss occurred. And most people that went through this, at the end of it, would be slightly unconscious, walking around dizzy, not too sure where they are. And this is what Jesus had to go through. He had to be flogged and beaten before he had to get to the cross. So from being arrested, mocked, abused, half beaten, he had to walk the path now known as the way of suffering to Golgotha. Beaten, he had to carry his cross to the top. And what they say is the studies say that when he got to the top of the, top of the mountain, the soldiers drove nails into his wrists, 17,7 centimeters long with a diameter of one centimeter into his ankles and his wrists, fixing him onto the cross. And they said that Jesus carried his cross as an estimated distance of 594.36 meters, nearly half a kilometer. And the cross weighed between 36 to 45 kgs. It doesn't sound heavy. It doesn't seem long. But when you are beaten and half unconscious, to carry something like that must have taken a lot of effort. And someone did help him towards the end, yes, because he couldn't anymore. But why did Jesus have to suffer and die on the cross just to set us free? Why couldn't God come up with a different plan? He's God. Why did it have to be this way? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin. He became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You've got to catch this today. 
He became so you could become. He became sin so you could become sons and daughters. The reality is that sin alienated us from God. We're all sinners, imperfect people who deserve separation from God. But because God loves us, He made a way to bring us into His presence for eternity. Breaking the barrier of sin, removing it, bringing us into right standing with God. Without Jesus' death, that would not be possible. We would be forever separated from God's love. So out of God's great love for us and His justice, He required Jesus to bear the cost and take the punishment for our sins so that we could be made right with Him. Just as my daughter Rachel, when she's full of chocolate, mud, and all sorts of things at one time, all at the same time, it is impossible for me to hold her and not get dirty, especially if I'm wearing a white t-shirt. I've got OCD. Okay, stay away. Wet wipes. But it's impossible. If I pick her up while she's dirty and I'm wearing a white t-shirt, I'm going to get dirty. In the same way, a perfect God cannot be in relationship with imperfect people. He needed a plan. Because if he went that way, it would violate his holiness and his innate sense of justice. So God had to use a perfect sacrifice in our place. It was the only way he could redeem us and bring us back from death to life without compromising his character. Galatians 3 verse 13 says, Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He he absorbed the curse completely as he became a curse in our place. He became the curse so we could have the cure. He became the curse so we could become the called. He became so you could become He put himself in our place. He became the victorious atonement. Vicar is someone who stands in the place of another, sacrificing himself to save another person. Jesus took our place and the penalty we deserved. He took the beating for us. He took all our mistakes and sin upon himself. Everything we have and will ever do wrong that offends God, he took upon himself. He paid the full price so that we could be set free and that we could have freedom. John Piper said, the greatest act of freeing happened when Jesus died in our place and paid our debt. The greatest act of freeing. Hebrews said that only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves. It was only through that way that he could set us free. Those of us that have become slaves to sin and fear and anxiety and addiction, it was the only way he could set us free and break the power of death that the devil held. And it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But no, he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could become whole. He was beaten so that we could become whole. He was whipped so that we could become healed. He became wounded so you could become well. He took our place. 
You see, Jesus didn't only suffer physical pain and, and the death of a slow suffocation on the cross. He struggled with the pain of bearing our sins psychologically, bearing the guilt of our sins. We know that feeling of anguish and frustration and anxiety when we've done something wrong and we've sinned. We feel that sense of separation from everything that's good, that condemnation, that weight. Jesus had to bear billions of sins for one moment on the cross. From the beginning of time till the end, he bared it all in one moment. Can you imagine that anguish? We know what anguish feels like when we, as one person, sin and fall short. But it was on the cross that he was cut off from God for a moment. That's why Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I sense he was saying, why must this go on for so long? It showed that he was human. He was suffering on the cross as he was separated from his one true love, his father for our sake. That's why Jesus can understand and sympathize with our suffering and our struggles. Because he struggled in all ways, in all shapes, in all forms so he could relate to us. But even though Jesus hated sin with his entire being, he in obedience to the Father and out of love for us, allowed all that he hated to be poured upon himself. All that he despised, he allowed to be poured upon himself for our sake. He had to obey the Father and die in our place so that he could undo what Adam's rebellion had caused at the beginning of time. Romans 5.19 says, Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will become righteous. Become righteous. He bared the wrath of God in our place. Took it all upon himself. He became so you could become. 1 Peter 2, 23 to 24. He suffered everything that came his way so you would know that it could be done. And also know how to do it step by step. He never did one thing wrong. Not once said anything amiss. They called him every name in the book and he said nothing back. He suffered in silence, content to let God set things right. He used his servant body to carry our sins to the cross so that we could be rid of sin, free to live the right way. His wounds became your healing. You were lost sheep with no idea of who you were or where you were going. Now, you're now you are named and kept for good by the shepherd of your soul. He suffered so we could have hope, knowing it could be done. He gave us the blueprint to freedom, to a greater life. Because of Christ, our names are now written in the book of life. We are now called masterpiece. We were lost, but now we are found. And if you are lost right now, Jesus will set you free. He will fill you because he has called you to a greater life. The cross is a gift. The cross is God loving. The cross is God giving. It's unmerited favor. It's compassion towards us giving us a chance and a space to become something in our lives, to receive eternal life. Romans 5, 8 said, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we are still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still imperfect people, a perfect man died in our place. And it was the joy set before him that allowed him to enjoy the cross. And the joy before him is us. He was thinking of us as he carried that cross in his beaten body. 
knowing what he had to do to set us free, so that we may experience the love of the Father. And because of Christ, we don't have to live a life by merits weighed in a scale, but by the mercy given to us, the undeserving, by loving God. It's never about what we can do, but what Christ has done on the cross. And what he did on the cross can never, ever be undone. Six hours later, just before Jesus died and took his last breath, where he committed his spirit into God's hands, he said in John 19, verse 30, it is finished, meaning it is over. When he said those three words, it is finished, he brought about the completion of all the Old Testament, Testament prophecies, symbols and foreshadowing about himself. From the beginning of Genesis to the end of Malachi, there are 300 detailed prophecies about the anointed one, Jesus, which he now fulfilled. From the seed who had crushed the serpent's head to the suffering servant, he did it all. And when he said it was finished, it was over. The mission was complete. It means our sins are removed as far as the east is from the west. It's done, signed and sealed forever. His blood paid the price. He saves us from the pit of despair and hell itself. And just when the devil thought he had won, Jesus defeated him on the cross. It's important that we realize the cross wasn't a destination, but a point of transferring us and shifting us from nothingness and hopelessness to life and life in full, life in abundance. He took our souls from eternal death and brought us into life and eternity through the cross. You see, his death became the doorway to our forgiveness, hope, and freedom. It's a doorway. His death became the doorway that allows us to step in to a new life. He became so we could become. That's why his death was so much more than just the pardon of sin. We don't, we don't seek a relationship with Christ just to have our sins forgiven. There's so much more God wants to do in and through our lives. You see, his death on the cross gifted us with the freedom to get a chance to become everything that God has called us to become. He became suffering so we could become strong. He became sickness so we could become saved. He became death so we could become delivered. He became pain so we could become purposeful. He became the sacrifice so we could become a new person. Because of Christ dying on the cross, the old life is gone and the new life has come. It has begun. The old has gone, the new has come because of the cross. He unlocked the door and created a way for us. The cross gives God the opportunity to transform our wayward character into the image of Christ. Matthew Henry says, Come and see the victor victories on the cross. Christ's wounds are your healing. His agony, your repose, your rest. His conflict, your conquest. His groans, your song. His pain, your ease. His shame, your glory. His death, your life. His suffering, your salvation. He became so you could become. I sense the good news of Christ is not primarily the good news of a baby born in a manger, but a Christ crucified on the cross. 
The good news is not a baby born in a manger. It's Christ crucified on the cross for us. That's the good news. Christ dying on the cross for us was the only act of true love ever performed in history of the world. The definition of love should not be looked for in a dictionary, but found at the cross. When he gave us the gift, free gift of salvation, saving us from sin and death. Salvation cannot be earned. It's a gift from God. And when that Roman officer overseeing the execution of Jesus, a seasoned killer, when he saw what had happened, he began to worship God and said, surely this man was the son of God. A seasoned killer was impacted by what he saw on the cross. You see, after Jesus died on the cross, the centurion had a revelation which caused him to disagree with the authorities who said that Jesus deserved to die. Instead, he believed in faith that Jesus was indeed the Son of God. As Christ became on the cross so this man could become, something changed in him. The message of the cross impacted him. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 to 25. The message of the cross seems like sheer nonsense to those who are on their way to destruction. But to those who are being saved, it's the mighty power of God being released within us. The message of the cross, the revelation that Christ died for you and me, for a purpose, for a reason, for a plan. Christ died for you for a plan, for a reason. When you catch that revelation, it releases the mighty power of God in you. And that mighty power of God frees you from the power of sin and gives you the power to overcome and become everything that God has called you to become. The revelation of the cross that Jesus died for you releases the power of God in you. I don't know where you are right now. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you've been through. I don't want a dark place you find yourself in. Addictions, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, hopelessness. I don't know where you are right now. But I want to tell you, God is calling you out of where you are into a new life. He wants to give you a new hope. Even for us that are believers, I had the sense in my heart this morning, God is calling you to recommit your life. You gave your life to Christ, but you've slid back and away for a while because of various reasons. God is calling you back to your one true love. He's saying, recommit to me because I died for you. Recommit, I want to use your life for a higher purpose. He loves you. That's why he died on the cross for you, and nothing can ever undo that. And it's so important that we realize that no soul is too dirty to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've done, his blood cleanses you and sets you free. He declares us not guilty when we trust in him. He took our place and he paid the price so that we could have life in abundance and become more than anything we could ever imagine. He is the answer. And as we close... Jesus had to stop breathing to give us breath, grace, love, forgiveness, hope, and mercy, and much more. He had to stop breathing to give us breath in this new life. He became so you could become. Take hold of that opportunity today. Can we close our eyes, please? Thank you, Jesus that you reconcile us who are far off, that you break down barriers and redeem us from the bondage of sin, that out of love you died on the cross that we could become. 
Thank you, Jesus, that no matter what we've done in our lives, no matter how much we've fallen short or how much sin we've done, Lord Jesus, your blood cleanses us. Your death sets us straight. Your death gives us new light. And just pray that people are listening today, that your Holy Spirit will work in their hearts. They'll come to your feet, Lord, and bring it all to your feet and be set free and receive salvation and rekindle their one true love. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people say amen.